This is Mystical Text with Abel Kazilski. Shavua Tov, everybody, and uh, welcome to another hour of learning here on Chai FM 101.9 megahertz of Torah learning. And uh, we are starting a new chapter. In fact, not only a new chapter, but a new parsha, a new set of circumstances and ideas and stories um, in the Jewish Bible. And we are going to be starting the parsha of Lech Lecha. Um, it's made up of seven chapters of of Genesis, starting with chapter 12. And this actually is the seminal point, the beginning now of understanding how the Jewish people came about. We've been learning the book of Bereshit, the book of Genesis, the parasha of Genesis. Sorry, we're still in the book of Genesis. But the parasha of Genesis where we learned how the world was created, um, the early history of mankind, and then we moved on to this incredible story about Noah and the flood. And now we are... About 2,000 years down the line, um, a lot of history, a lot of water under the bridge, excuse the pun, and um, we have we are coming to understanding who was the, the forefather primarily of the Jewish people. Um, and, of course, there will be the, 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 the side um, story, the forefather of the Muslim population, of the Arab population as well. And of course we are talking about our forefather Abraham. Where we left off last time was that um, we finished up Noah. Noah passed away. Abraham actually was around for Noah. Was Abraham was around for Nimrod who tried to destroy Abraham. Abraham through his own Cognitive skills came to understand at a very, very early age that there had to be a much, much higher being um, that existed in this world, that um, this world was run by something much greater than everything that we can see, we can perceive, we can, we can acknowledge um, through our five senses. And in fact, he becomes the first guy to believe in the concept of God, even though um, God was certainly a concept by Adam and Eve and through various people down the generations. By the time Abraham is born, um, he's born into a world that is filled again with idol worship, with people um, giving powers to to anything and everything outside of what we understand today as as God. And he goes on a personal crusade from his personal lessons and understandings. Um, and he goes out to change the world. In fact, you would you could say he was the first Shaliach, the first emissary that went out into the world to bring the truth of God and godliness um, into into the world. And he Faces formidable challenges. Um, his father is second um, to the viceroy Nimrod. Nimrod himself had created himself as a god. Um, his father ran. I like to always use analogy. We go into the toy shops as Toys R Us. Um, Terach, his father, ran Idols R Us. He had this huge warehouse with idols and um you know, the Midrash goes and tells us the story that Abraham once was given charge to look after the idols, uh, the, 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 the warehouse, the, the business. And um, 
what he did when no one was looking was that he took an axe and he smashed all the smaller idols, left one huge gigantic idol in a corner and placed the axe um, in the idol's lap or in the idol's hands. And when his father brothers came back and they saw the entire stock of uh, their warehouse destroyed, they said to Abraham, what is going on here? To which Abraham said, I don't know. I was sweeping. I was minding my own business. And then this idol had a fight with this one because it said it wanted more food or to give more blessing. And before I knew it, there was an entire squabble, a huge fight. Everybody started fighting with each other. And the only way that um, a control was brought back, peace was brought back, was that very big idol. He went and smashed all the ones that 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 weren't listening. And of course, that's a a crazy, silly story, and and his father and brothers reacted that way, saying, Abraham, what are you talking about? These idols cannot see, they cannot talk, they cannot argue, they certainly do not have the strength, this big idol, to go around smashing all the other idols. It's absolute nonsense. To which Abraham poignantly replied, my point. So if they cannot see and they cannot hear and they cannot do whatever they're doing, why are you praying to them? Um, and that really started the entire crusade of um, Ab- Abraham, who, by the way, at this point in time is still called Avram, um, without the hay. The hay gets put in later to be, go from Avram to Avraham. Um, and that starts his entire shlichut, his entire going out into the world, converting people and making them understand that we cannot worship, we cannot pray to things that are part of the world's existence because there's something far greater that is running all of it. And this is fundamental to Judaism. It's one of the 13 principles of uh, faith that we learn from the Rambam. And it's, 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 a, it's a non-negotiable um, idea macrocosmically and microcosmically um, as, as, as small as you want to think or as, as wide, as large as you want to think. We believe in one God, not any subsidiaries of gods, um, of any form, angel, uh, spiritual or physical, sons of God. We do not believe in anything like that. And we believe that God runs this world in an intimate fashion. And this was, in a sense, the Kiddush, the, 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 the new idea that Abraham brings to a world that is, 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 is being ravished by um, idolatry. And one of the things that I want everybody to think about is that today you would go and say, well, that was really in ancient time, ancient civilization where they were, they were um, silly enough to, to, to worship idols. My question to you today, and, and maybe you'd like to share on SMS 34519, do we idol worship today? Can we in any sense say that we are idol worshippers? So let me know your thoughts. We've changed to Telegram. You can Telegram us on 061-895-1019 or SMS on 34519. This is Mystical Text with Abel Kazilski. Welcome back. And uh, we are looking at the story of Avram, how his life um, changed when he came to understand that there was a creator and how God appears to him and tells him now that in order for him 
to move on, um, he needs to leave. And uh, we were discussing just before the break, is there idol worship today? I'm going to leave that open for a little bit more. You could ponder it um, and you can... Send an SMS on 34519-061-895-1019 is our telegram number. Do we worship idols today? Would we, if, if we could imagine, if we were the society we are today, would we need an, an Avraham to come into our midst and teach us about the value of a God, one God, and a God that runs this world? Or do you think that we have developed sufficiently um, as a society, as, as a people, as mankind, that that idea of one God and a God that is intimately involved in our lives, is it something that you believe or you think or you perceive, understand, um, is actually part of today's understanding, like it's, it's something that, that everybody is brought up with. I'd love to hear uh, your opinion, so please don't be shy. And before we get into too much more, I'd like to give a shout out. I, I heard um, via somebody just the other day that uh, there are people in Yad Binyamin in Eretz Israel that listen to this podcast. Welcome and thank you for, uh, for listening so far away at Chai FM. Right, let's look at the first verse of Parashat Lech Lecha, which is chapter 12, verse 1, which reads as follows, By Yomer Hashem El Avram, God says to Avram, Lech Lecha, go away, Me'artzacha, from your land, Umi Moladetecha, and from your birthplace, Umi Beit Avicha, and from your father's house, Al Ha'aret Asher Areka to the land that I will show you. Now, this verse in and of itself, just these couple of words, ten, fifteen words, um, has so much profound um, direction, meaning, and and primarily questions. So, for example, when God wants to tell somebody to go, He could just say, "Leave, you know, Abraham, just leave, and I'll and, and I'll show you where you're going." God is very, very specific um, in enumerating what it is that Abraham has to leave. He has to leave Atzacha, his land. He has to leave Moladetecha, his birthplace. He has to leave Beit Avicha, his father's house. And those three entities are obviously of vital importance um, for us to understand what it is that he's leaving. The second question that can be asked is, why is God not telling him where he's going? He's saying, El Ha'aretz Asher Eka, to the land that I am going to show you. Like if you're giving somebody an instruction to go, say, leave and go to and fill in the blank. Why is the land that I will show you um, not not a direction to, to which land, to where to go, like where am I wandering, how long is it going to take, where I'm going to go, etc., etc., etc. Much, much has been written, and today I'm just going to share with you perhaps a little bit of um, why and how and specifically the various things that Abraham, um, that Abraham had to leave, why those were so important. Um, Firstly, 
There were a couple of reasons why he had to exert a lot of effort. Understand that he was comfortable where he was. He was he he, he was in his home. Firstly, just to mention that um, this is the second time that Abraham is taking a journey. Um, unbeknownst and and between the lines and in the storyline that is not mentioned. First, um, Abraham made made a journey where he left Babylon. Okay, with his father and his family to go to Haran. We read that at the end of the last Pasha by Nach, where it says that, um, Terach took, took, um, his, his, uh, uh, took his kids and they went to Haran. And after three years, God told Avram to leave his land and his birthplace and his father's home and go to the place that he will show him. While Abraham was wandering from this place to place, a great war broke out, um, which we will learn later um, amongst various kings. And we'll also learn there where he did a thing called Brit Ben Haptarim, which is the covenant of the parts, which will come a little bit later as well. Then what happens is Abraham's second journey begins when he is 70 years old. God tells him to go back to Haran to visit his father and rest with his family. Um, they said that we're told that the, a miracle took place and he, he was able to make the journey in an extremely short time and he arrived and he stayed in Haran for five years. Where we pick up now is Avram is now 75 years old. God reveals himself to him and says to him, now leave your father, leave your land, leave your birthplace and then, and I will show you where, where you need to go. So this is journey number two. Avraham is 75 years old. So the question is, first of all, why should he leave? Why why does God make him leave? So the first thing was that Abraham, by staying with his father and in in that in the in the idol worshipping city um, where he was found, and not only the city, the society that he found himself in, he had suffered greatly at the hands of the people that were around them. There were Many, many wicked people around. They insulted him. Um, they did whatever they could to make his life a, a, a worship because remember he was telling them that the idols were, um, in vain and they were useless. They thought that he, Avram, was a powerful magician because he had managed to escape from the fiery furnace that Nimrod had, um, made for him by his magic, not because of his righteousness. And he really, he, he lived a life of torment from the people around him. So God was saying, leave because there's no hap in you suffering um, anymore. The second reason, we're told, was that Abraham's father dealt in idols. And he worshipped them religiously. As I told you just before the break, he had this whole warehouse with the idols. And um, it was... Unseemingly, it was unseemingly for, for Avram to live in the same city as, as his father. Now, one of the interplays that happened, the reason why he made the first journey and then came back is that the Torah didn't want, um, us to have an opinion that, that he didn't, he didn't, um, have any kibbutz av, he didn't honor his father in any way. So he did go and spend some time, but Terach at the end of his life was wicked. He was considered um, not to be very, very righteous. And at the end of the day, when a father turns away from a truth, um, and this is a halakha in Torah, that if 
what one is one is completely obligated to honor one's parents, respect one's parents, um, and fulfill everything that is needed by the fifth commandment, the fifth of the ten, ten commandments, which is honor your mother and father. However, if your parent puts you in a situation that makes you break halacha, meaning um, the you've got the mitzvah of honoring your father, but your father is telling you to kill somebody. And you know that you're obligated not to murder. You are obligated not to murder and not listen to your father. So, um, Abraham was commanded to, 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 to leave because he no longer eventually had the obligation to honor his father or help him because his father was wicked and was causing him to, um, to, 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 his, his father was, was not changing his ways. The third reason, um, which I will expound a little bit more, but just to, to give it now um, in this context, is that God wanted Abraham now to go and publicize his existence in the greater world. At this point in time, um, he was really um, stifled in the society that he was found, and it was time for him to go out and spread the world in the much, much greater manner. And the fourth reason that is given is that at this point in time, Avram and his wife Sarai, um, that's, remember they were uncle and niece, they were both sterile. And they, according to nature, had an inability to have children. And in order to give them the merit to have a child miraculously, God wanted them to move to the land of Israel. And from here, we learn a uh, an adage in in Torah that says "Mishane Makom, Mishane Mazel," that changing one's location, one's place, um, is one of the 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 ways that one can change their destiny. And so, they moved not only in order to fulfill the um, command of God to go out and spread the word of the oneness of God to the rest of the world, they also um, were moving for personal reasons. Um, now, one of the interesting things on this is the command to move, lech lecha. Um, now, lech lecha, interestingly, um, is made of two lamads and two chafs, two letter chafs. If you add up the numerical value of lech lecha, so it's lamad 30 and chaf 20, that's 50, and then another Lamed and Chaf, it's another 50, it's a 100, and from here we could see there is the illusion of move out of your space, um, you will, you, 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 you will change your muzzle and you will have children. And in, in fact, the gematria of 100, the value of 100, is in fact the age at which Abraham actually eventually fathers Yitzchak. He has Yitzchak at the age of 100. Having said that, and giving these four reasons, um, we can go back and start dissecting and having a discussion more about the way the words um, have been put together, the instruction has been given, um, to understand that God wasn't just telling him, hey, listen, you know, book a flight and go from here to there and I'll see you on the other side. Number one, he didn't know where he was going. And second, or second of all, um, the way he's told to take this journey is 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 quite 
unique. One will not speak like that to another person if you're just trying to tell them to take a journey from one place to another. And so if we start dissecting the words, we start getting to understand that this journey wasn't just a physical journey about um, a travel from one place to another, but in fact, it, it was a journey that was far deeper. It was an emotional journey. It was a psychological journey. It was a spiritual journey. And it wasn't a journey about getting just to a destination, but it was a journey about going into a different space. And as we start looking at the words, we start understanding that really what Avram was being told to do was to lech, to go, lecha, to yourself, to journey for yourself, meaning that this entire journey was going to be a traveling for his own benefit, for his own good, and that in order for him to grow, and get better, he would have to give up his past in order to acquire a new future. And what he had to do was that he had to say goodbye to the things that generally mean the most to all of us. What means the most to all of us, and this sometimes we see um, very heated discussions um, on on Facebook and various groups, um, I was following one last week where there was this entire debate about immigration, yes, no, etc., etc. What was being argued? One idea that was being argued was the country, the land, the, the affinity that one has to it or the lack thereof. Um, you know, some people um, are, are very patriotic, feel very, very strongly about the land. Then there is this whole thing of your birthplace, of where you were born, the the convenience, the understanding of of how things work has has an incredible way of making a person feel secure. Okay, and of course your parental home, where the parents are, the grandparents are, and so the argument about should you emigrate or shouldn't you emigrate, if you were given the opportunity, were you given the opportunity, there was going and coming, but a lot of people weighed in on the fact that the parental home the 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 the, the family, family family structure the the um environment of your city of the place where you were born and what it gives to you your land is important it's it has a huge psychological benefit and here you can see now by those words um that god was giving to abraham he was saying abraham in order for you to be go from avram to Abraham for you to become the father of a nation that will that will give birth to a people who will be a light unto the world that will always hold the banner of the oneness of God and 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 the relationship that God has to the world you have to leave those three things behind you you have to leave your parental home you have to leave your birthplace. You have to leave your land. And if you actually even look at the, at the, the, the way it says, first it's leave your land, Atsukha, because that's the easiest to cut off of the three. Then, then your birthplace and finally your parents' home. In Avram's case, 
um, this was necessary because Abraham was going to birth something absolutely and completely new. Um, he was about to make a journey from the familiar to the complete unfamiliar. It's actually a huge leap of trust that he had to take. Um, and basically God was saying to him, Abraham, go for yourself, lech lecha, because you've got to believe in what you can you can, you can, you can become. And this is really a, an interesting, interesting insight. In fact, we can look at the words lech lecha as maybe four journeys of Abraham. The first journey is that you actually journey for yourself. For you to become who you need to become, Abraham, you have to journey for yourself. So you need to kind of like, Rub the slate clean and you need to believe that you can become something far greater as, as long as you release yourself from the shackles of your land, of your birthplace and of your father's home. This is Mystical Text with Adel Kazilski. Welcome back and we are journeying with Avram and uh, before the break we spoke about that this journey was a go for yourself, journey for yourself because he had to let go of all the learnings he had in his father's home, in his birthplace and in his land, wipe that slate clean so he could become something greater. Another interpretation which is more midrashic um and I touched on it a little bit earlier, was that we could read lech lecha means go with yourself, meaning that when you go with yourself, when you go from place to place, Abraham, you will extend your influence not over one land, but on many. And the Midrash gives a very, very nice uh, uh, example. It says, what did Abraham resemble? He resembled a jar of perfume with a tight fitting lid that was put away in a corner so that its fragrance would not go forth. But as soon as it started moving from that place and it opened, the fragrance began to spread. And this is really what God was saying to Avraham, go out and tell people of the existence of a God that's not bound by place. Go out and tell people um, about God in every, where, any, where anybody is scattered. And in this way, God was really saying to Abraham, go with yourself, take your beliefs, take your way of life, take your faith, and be a shaliach, be an emissary, and go change the world for the better, which in fact he's do- he does. And that's why there's one of the reasons um, of to the land I will show you because it's not really the end point that is important. It's the journeying and you taking yourself and sharing yourself. So go with yourself. Another interpre- interpretation, which is a little bit more mystical now, um, actually um, is described by Reb David of Lelov, okay, which he talks around and he says, this whole story of the journey of Abraham is really the journey of the soul. And lech lecha means go to yourself, meaning that what Abraham was commanded and really in truth what every human being is commanded 
of in the same manner as Abraham is that we need to go to ourselves and ask ourselves what is my mission in this world and make every effort to fulfill who I am. You know, there's a very famous uh, um, Hasidic story about a a, a little rebeller called Reb Zusha of Anipoli. He was a poor, poor man. Um, he lived at the back of a synagogue in rags, but he was the most saintly tzaddik, most saintly righteous person around. And many, many times people came to him for for opinions, and I could spend an entire hour telling you Reb Zusha stories. But one of the most famous um, sayings of Reb Zusha of Hanipoli is this. He says, when I get to heaven, they're not going to ask me, why were you not like Moshe? Why were you not like Abraham? They're not going to ask me, why was I not like the greats? They're going to ask me, Zusha, why were you not Zusha? And this is really what this long journey of Abraham and consequently all those that um, are fathered through Abraham and to the rest of the world is when you get up to heaven, they're going to say to you, why weren't you you? Uh, maybe you were trying to pretend to be that one or that one, but you need to be you. So a third interpretation of this journey is go to yourself. Ask yourself, who am I and what has God given me that I need to give to the world and let me become the, the greatest, the biggest, the, the best me. The fourth interpretation is also a very, very interesting one. Um, and that you could also interpret this traveling of Abraham, of, of Abraham as go by yourself, meaning that a person needs to mimic God. And in order to mimic God, you have to be willing to stand perhaps alone, singular, unique, and if you stand like that, then you're able to worship a God who's alone, singular, and unique. And the only way that one is able to do that is to leave the natural sources of identity that we've spoken about, home, family, culture, society, and encounter God that, that stands above, above it all. Above God is beyond nature. And that's probably one of the greatest expressions of freedom. People talk about freedom all the time. And this brings me back to the question I asked you. Do we idol worship today? Do we need an Avraham today or are we so emancipated that we are free? And one might argue, yes, we're free. We've got democracy. We can come and do and go as we want. I would venture to say that we're very much idol worshippers today. Yes, not too many of us will go and put some physical statue in our our uh, house and worship it and pray to it in times of need or, or at times where we want to connect because I think we have evolved from that to a large extent. But are we free? We're not. We are actually prisoners. And our prison is made up of our idol worship today. Today, our our... Our idols are called money. Our idols are called fame. Our idols are called peer pressure. Our idols are called um, the, 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 the entire material world. Um, how we look and, and where we live and who we are. We worship these things. We do not even realize when we wake up in the morning how subservient we are 
to these idols we could spend our entire day, our entire life, nay, um, in service of what society has created as those things that make you great. But in truth, the real spiritual value of, of, of understanding the commandment to God is the commandment to us that in order for us to serve God, we need to overcome, we need to um, transcend everything that we are told in our environment, in our home, in our family culture, in, in our society – that, you know, this is the car you should drive and this is the clothes you should wear and this is the degree you should get and this is the standing you should have and this is, this is what you should be and this is how you should look and this is all of these things make us idol worship, make us prisoners to this physical world. In order to be a true human being, we have to go by ourselves to a place where we are the only thing that we are subservient to is God. And there, there is method and understanding and Torah is unbelievably replete with this knowledge and understanding that if you want to come to understand God, um, you can. And so you should because at the end of the day, your journey isn't just a journey through 120 years of physical life gathering things. We all know that after 120 years, there's almost, no, not there's almost, there is nothing left. Uh, you cannot even be buried with your socks. Okay. But what there is, is that there is a journey, a journey that's happening. And it's really, really, in essence, intrinsically, the journey of the soul, not the journey of the body. And so this entire Story of Avraham, of Lech Lecha, of go to yourself, um, can be seen on many, many levels. It's leaving, it's leaving behind anything that you see as predictable, unfree, delimited, delimited, social forces, familial pressures, your circumstances at birth. Um, people have a huge argument about nature versus nurture. People blame economics, biological circumstances, psychological circumstances, etc., etc. Um, and really, the truth of the matter is, is that if you allow yourself to transcend yourself, lech lecha, to go for yourself, you will actually see that you can journey into a place that is that is unlimited, that is infinite. You can touch infinity because then you touch God and then you are free of the shackles of everything that uh, society teaches you. And that's the message I want to leave with you um, this week. We've entered the three weeks, which is a period of mourning for our temple, for the time where we could see God and feel God in a very relieved, uh, revealed way. So this week, work on journeying into yourself. And see where, where, where you are idol worshipping. Where are you constrained? Where are you uh, not free? And start taking the first step to, uh, to discovering the greater you, just like our forefather Abraham did. Have a wonderful week.